Welcome to another fun-filled hashtag football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports oh, Chicago. Along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown here. That's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter, X, and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You follow me, Kenny McGee, on the Twitter, X, at Kenny McGee, and the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. Also, too, you can catch up on the other live shows that we have airing throughout the week. So if you happen to miss them, you can watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, please follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. And while you're at it, please subscribe, hit that bell, and hit that bell, and you'll be notified of when our next podcast podcast is. So go to War Media. We're on War Media Podcast, W-A-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-C-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, so you get latest on our newest episodes and even past episodes on all of our shows on the War Media Network. Speaking of War Media, you can follow us on all social media platforms at W-A-R Media on Twitter, X, Instagram, Facebook, in YouTube. Once again, please follow War Media at WAR Media on all social media platforms. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions doing our two hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show, you can always find us at Sports Old Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Old Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. We decide to troll and or do something silly, dumb, or stupid. I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to Bill Belichick boot. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, toodles. <laughs> but before well, we begin, we must. Re- happy holidays for all those who celebrate. <laughs> yes, yes. But before we begin, we must remind you you can catch Sports Zone Chicago live and they live in the color now available on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just hit that sports folder and download that Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook like I'm using right now, or your PC like Lakina's using right now, just hit up the Google Play Store, download that Roku TV app, and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide. Yes, we will provide. And uh, we're going to keep it going here in the holiday season approaches here on Second City Sports. Of course, we'll talk Bulls and NBA. We're down to two in the in-season tournament finals in Vegas. Um, of course, we'll preview Bears lines and the rest of the Week 14 slate. Some college hoops, and uh, we'll show Hey Otani break the news during our show. We'll keep you guys updated on that. And the White Sox do make some moves too, and a whole lot more. But first, I, you know, you know, the Bears are coming off a bye. They they played in Detroit this Sunday, and if you listen to all the the Bears, you know, players, Cole Kamen, I think Jalen Johnson also said something similar that hey, they, they didn't go to, go into a playoff run. I mean. Okay, I mean, I mean, look, the, look, the schedule. Look, the last five games are very manageable. I'll, I'll say that. And everybody heard power mm-hmm. from the base when we had them on 
last week he said that the Bears could win like maybe three of the three, maybe four of the next of those last five. I don't know about you, Sid. I mean, I'll give them maybe the Falcons because depending on where they are, you know, in, in a couple of weeks, we'll see about the Cardinals. The Cardinals actually pulled off the big upset, you know, being Pittsburgh last week. But what do you think? I mean, because mm-hmm. they're saying, you know, playoffs, you know, maybe one of the wild card spots are in the hunt. If you, if you, you know, if you ask a couple of the graphics, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> it's nice to be in the hunt if you're one of the last teams standing with a bad record. Good grief. But I'm up, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bury the lead now. I'm gonna bring the lead my lead forward now. And I said this to somebody the other day. If Matt Eberflus in this coaching stand wins three games or more, they're coming back next year. Let me repeat that again. If Matt Eberflus wins three games or more this season. They're coming back. If they win two or less, I believe they're gone. Here's the reason why I say that. We talk about the issues of Justin Fields in the play calling, which has been evident since day one. If you go back to training camp, to be honest with you, but uh, since we're focusing on the regular season, you can go to uh, the office of coordinator Luke Gessie and his uh, shoddy play calling from game one up until now. Matt Eberflus with the lack of control at times with this coaching staff, Allen Williams being uh, given the boot, and their running backs coach also, I believe, got the boot too a few weeks ago. So uh, there's there were, there has been issues within his staff. And so whether people want to hear it or not, he's responsible for that. And also, too, number three, it's taken a long time for this defense to get going. Now they've been playing their best ball of the year. Yes, part of that is due to the acquisition of Montez Sweat from the Washington Commanders. Give GM Ryan Poles credit for that. But Outside of injuries, Lakina, you ever seen any consistency with this team except for the defense these last last few weeks? Now, can the offense catch up? We'll find out in these next next five games remaining. But even with this game against Detroit, Lakina, you can honestly say that this Bears team should be not, not going to say favor, but they have a chance to win every last one of these games. Because as we say all the time, the NFL is a week-to-week league, and with the way the Bears are improving, at least defensively, that gives them a shot. Now, are they yeah, going to I run mean, the table? No. But uh, can they maybe squeak out a win or two that we didn't expect? Oh, it's very possible. Or they could lose maybe one or two that you thought that they you know, you thought that they would win, but it turns out, you know, look at that Denver game. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, look, the, okay, the, you know, they host Detroit, okay. You know, that, okay, yeah, they have a shot. They were very close, you know, to beat Detroit on the road. Then you got at Cleveland. We'll see where Cleveland is. They're kind of in a mm-hmm. downward spiral. Then they have Arizona, who look, yo, know, give look, they give Jonathan Gannon credit. He has those guys playing well. So uh, it could be for one of the top picks. You know who knows? Mm-hmm. Atlanta. We'll you know on New Year's Eve. We'll see where they're at. I mean, Atlanta could be fighting you know to get you know to clinch the NFC South. So who knows? Also, mm-hmm. they host Green Bay, which have have a lot of implications for their playoff uh, race. I mean, look, yeah, you could say that they, they could have a couple more wins, you know, if parameters would change, but you also said they could have had a couple more losses too. I mean, look who they faced in some of those, uh, uh, some of the games that they did win. Yeah, they beat Sam Howell, a rookie. They beat um, Aino O'Donnell, a rookie. They beat uh, Josh Dobbs. I mean, they're you know, showing you why that, you know, that he's been a journeyman the last few years. And also Bryce Young, a rookie. So I, I really can't, you know, say that, oh, well, you know, this team might be a bunch of world beaters. Look, will they get their butts kicked, you know, in any of these games? No. Could they win one or two of these games? Maybe. Or maybe three. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the thing is, that it's sort of like you can't really know what the Bears are going to, you know, be. I mean, we'll see how they look coming off a bye. Because apparently, you know, they look, you know, they look better when they have a long layoff. So, okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, you know, for me, I think, you know, this, this whole thing is sort of like, you know, could they – 
perhaps maybe upset Detroit in, in Soldier Field? Sure, they can. But could they also see them perhaps maybe losing in a, another tough one, similar to what happened a couple of weeks back? Sure. I, I think I think I guess I'm not just there. I mean, look, look. The, yes, the defense have been playing a lot better lately. They've got you know a lot there. Look, Montez Sweat's been a great addition for the Bears uh, so far on the defensive side. Um, you know, the, the, against the run, um, Justin Jones been really good. Um, you know, like like I said, Johnson and Brisker, they've been very solid. You know, Kyle Gordon made some plays too, but like I said, I'm at that point where they look. You can't have a good defense and then have like a, a blah offense. Like there needs to be your know, consistency, especially that 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 O line. I mean, we've seen the O line play okay, but we've seen the O line also play not good. So, you know, it's very hard for me to figure out what this Bears team is because I I because I simply have no idea. You're listening to Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday edition right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live in living color. Say, Lakina, hanging out here with you, talking Chicago Bears football. They're coming off their bye week as they host, getting ready to host the Detroit Lions on the line for on Sunday at high noon. You can watch that game on Fox. Lakina, I'm with you when it comes to the offense. Uh, as we said all season long, we'll say it here the Bears near new center. To, uh, how difficult is it to hide the ball when a quarterback is clapping his hands, okay? <laughs> <laughs> How hard is that? The Bears have been struggling with that all year. Number two, here's the thing about uh, the uh, the Bears' offense. I want to see Justin Fields continue, get back into what he did a couple weeks ago against Detroit in terms of taking care of the taking care of the football, not waiting too long to throw the ball because he leads the league and holding the ball too long before he throws the pass at 3.1 seconds. And that's not going to get it done. He did take a slight step back uh, in that win against Minnesota a couple weeks ago with those two farmers. That's just cannot happen, but he needs to get back to what he did uh, against Detroit uh, at their place a couple weeks ago. And I think he'll be okay. But here's the thing, looking with their five opponents remaining on that schedule. Let's just say the Bears do run the table, which I don't think is not, I don't think it's going to happen. But let's just say they did run the table, Lakina. You know, all those early season losses against the Saints, against the Packers on opening day. You know, when it comes to tight, similar to the Atlanta Falcons, by the way, win the NFC South. You know, all those tiebreakers will come into play, Lakina. Those two teams I was just mentioned with the Saints and the Packers, they will win the tiebreakers ahead of the Bears anyway. So they can say they can run the table all they want to. And I get it; they're supposed to say that because uh, they're supposed to have confidence with themselves. But let's be let's do the math, Lakina. Let's just say they do finish nine and eight. Like I said, those are just the two teams that, that pops off the top of my head that the Bears had on their schedule early in the year and they lost to. They're not going to win the tiebreaker over New Orleans, and mm-hmm. even though they were went uh, split the season series with Green Bay. Do you think that Green Bay will give uh, get an advantage over them going to the playoffs? So I think so. If, the, if my math is right, mm-hmm. they have more to cut the tiebreakers coming to play. Exactly. I, yeah, not that that just I guess the NFC, I guess the AFC. Tie, yeah, we're inside time of year where it's going to be like all these weird tiebreaking scenarios and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a long, it's long. So yeah, we won't get into all of them. But yeah, I mean, look, could they run the table? Sure, but like I said, this team has not shown me anything that they they can. Like, mm-hmm. yo, look, look, that doesn't look. I mean, look, they're not gonna get, like I said, I don't think they're gonna get their bus kidney in these games, but look, I could see them perhaps maybe losing a couple of these, you know, maybe lose one that you thought that they could probably lose. That look, I don't know, Atlanta's not really the flashiest team, they're kind of like, you know, you know, struggling a lot, but look, they're right there to the, the thick of it in the, in the NFC South. I mean, like Arizona, look, they're not good right now, but they play hard, and you can tell that, look, you know, you know, Kyler Murray is starting to kind of like the old Kyler Murray. and some of the other, uh, you know, some of the other great players on the other James Connors, you know, really solid in the in the backfield. So, 
for me, I think, look, this is going to be one of those days where I just don't know which team I'm going to get with the Bears. Am I going to get the team from earlier this season that got their butts kicked by Green Bay earlier in the year? Or am I going to get the, you know, the team that's been playing very well the last couple of weeks? I don't know. I don't know which team I'm going to get because it's this team that's not showed me anything. Now, should the Bears win two or less games, I think this coaching staff is out of here. And that's the if that's the case, Lakina, there was uh, um, uh, news uh, uh, reports, uh, if you want to believe them, they came out earlier this week. They said that the Bears will be seriously uh, be interested in Jim Harbaugh, who's currently the head coach at the University of Michigan. Court. Of course, he's getting ready to play in the college football playoff less than three weeks against Alabama. And, of course, uh, Eric Bieniemy's name has been thrown around as well. He's the current offensive coordinator slash associate head coach with the Washington Commanders. Lakina, do you really think that the McCaskies will cut ties with Matt Eberflus? Uh, this is a second year into his uh, coaching regime. Do you think they really do you think they they really have the 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 guts to do that? Now you have President Kevin Warren in there. You have Jim Ryan Posen and I believe this will be his I believe his third year uh, mm -hmm. at the helm right now. So do you think the McCaskies will give Kevin Warren the green light to do that. And will you think they'll actually pick a, a, a hot name head coach? Because when's the last time did the Bears have done this outside of day one, say, who replaced Dick and the 1992 season? Yeah, I mean, the thing is that, look, we heard the reports that, of course, apparently Kevin Warren wants more say in the football stuff. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm sure he probably does. I mean, if, if you believe those those rumors, um, look, the Harbaugh stuff, I mean, who knows? I mean, there, there are reports that he might resign with Michigan. They're just like, you know, working on the language and stuff like that, you know, for five more years or whatever. So he might be off the table. Eric Miami, I mean, look, that Washington commander's offense has not looked good. They're not consistent. You know, they're actually worse <laughs> consistent than the Bears are. And so I don't know if he's the name. I think he kind of, you know, his stuff kind of might have dipped a little bit. But then again, look, you know, the Chiefs haven't been very good on offense lately themselves. So maybe he actually looks pretty good here. So yeah, I mm -hmm. think for me, I can't. I mean, look, we know old habits die hard with the McCaskey. So I can't. I can't see them say, "Hey, I want to get rid of this guy," especially after only two years. I just don't see them doing that. If they win two to three games, if they, if they just miss the playoffs or whatever, they get to seven. They're like seven and you know eleven. Then they'll, they'll probably, you know, considering where they were last year as a four game improvement. You know, look, I can see them bringing them back. If yeah, they go, if they go winless, and yeah, that's that. I don't know. He might. Who knows? But you don't know what the McCaskies' the other mindset is. Yeah, I'm with you. They, like I said, they win two or or fewer games. I think this coaching staff is out of here. Of course, if they run the table, of course, it's obvious that they come back. But I think if they win three here, the McCaskies can make the arguments that say, "Okay, you could come back," but. You got to make a change in, in, within yourself, i.e. get rid of Lou Getsky. Mm -hmm. I think that's a more realistic scenario here that's a, yeah, that could be in play. Yeah. yeah, Ben Johnson, for who's the OC for Detroit, his name's being thrown around perhaps as well. So, But mm -hmm. I, I can see Detroit you know, bumping up his salary too to keep this, to keep him there. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, I can picture Matt Campbell telling us, you know, Dan, Dan Campbell you know, telling, you know, hey, look, I want my guy to stay, so y'all you know, better you know, bump up his salary a little bit. So, yeah. A lot to be decided here. So look, we'll, we'll talk more about this right now, Christy. But uh, we got to take a really quick break, of course. We're going to talk some NBA. The Bulls go for four in a row. Yay, <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, uh, and, of course, we're down to the final two in the in-season tournament and a whole lot more in NBA. We may we may throw in some college hoops, too, if we got time. But, uh, you know, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports, uh, Sports of Chicago. We go to the hardwood coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. 
These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. To Second City Sports on this hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live in a living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. And you follow my Keenan McGee on the Twitter X. I can't score again the IG. We have less than 85 minutes left or so in this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up with your questions or comments, you can find us at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. The best comments and questions will get posted up 
on the screen for you by Lakina. And just a daily reminder, you can catch Sports Zone Chicago right now, right now, available on Roku TV. All right, so let's go to the to the hardwood on the, on NBA style for a second here. As of course, we'll talk about the end of season tournament as we're down to the final two teams there. But let's talk about the Bulls. The Bulls have won four in a row. Yeah, well, they're going for four in a row. It's not against the Spurs. Well, who have they've lost fifteen in a row? I'm talking about the Spurs have. So some some will give there tonight. But first, let's talk about the you know their their win against the Hornets on Wednesday. Did what they're supposed to do against a very injury depleted uh, Hornets squad. Uh, they need a big, you know, third quarter, you know, to kind of pull away from the from the Hornets, but they did just have to win that game. Mm, excuse me, uh, you know, Kobe White once again, you know, you know, playing better without Zach Levine. He had 19 points leading the way there. Uh, Booch had 20 and 12, 20 points and 12 boards. Also, too, Demar led the way with 29. So a really solid effort uh, from the Bulls. Caruso had uh, kicked in with 12 points. So uh, again, a very solid win. Now look. Again, they're eight and fourteen on top of the Bulls. Are I'm not gonna say they're gonna win ten in a row. I'm not saying that again. <laughs> yep, they could be halfway that by the time we get back on Monday. <laughs> maybe. Well, yeah. Well, maybe so. But uh, I, I mean, I, I, I look. You know, look. Yeah, I'm just going by what our buddy Matt Pack, you know, CHGO, what that he's been saying. But it looks like the it looks like the team is starting to show a little bit of as our buddy, big, other buddy on you know on their. Dave Watts, big Dave Watts would say they look confident. They looked really good. I mean, they're shooting a three a lot better uh, than they, you know, than they have been, and the office seems to be flowing a little bit better. So, what do you think? Let me talk about Kobe White for a second, Lakina. This is now nine games, nine straight games in a row, a, a Bulls franchise record that he has hit three three pointers or more in a single game. As we talked about in our last couple of shows, he's been on fire, especially after. Uh, the injury to Zach Levine, by the way, he's going to miss an additional three to four weeks uh, with that uh, foot, foot contusion. So we may we're not going to see him until probably early early January at the earliest. But with Kobe White, we talked about this before the season started. Like, you know, I had my questions about him being the starting point guard for this team because the Bulls management didn't address that need uh, during the offseason. But Kobe White has has improved his play ever since the second half of last year. Yeah, he's a well up above average facilitator. We know that he's a scorer, but his shooting has his has improved. And dare I say it, can he, especially if the Bulls continue to improve, can he can he be become an all-star this year? Maybe it's a stretch, but I don't think it's a far out possibility for him um, uh, of him making the all-star team in February in Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like a very far-fetched possibility if he keeps playing this way. I mean, this office is, you know, he's shooting a lot better. You know, he's making, you know, big steals, you know, making big shots. So I can't – I could probably picture him right there. If not – maybe not a starter, but definitely as a you know, a, a person coming off a bench, you know, one of the reserves. Mm -hmm. So I think he de – if he keeps improving, I think, I think he definitely could uh, perhaps maybe make a case for being on the all-star team. Um, you know, DeMar's looked really, you know, good. You know, Vooch, Vooch actually, you know, has been looking great lately. He's been pretty consistent. Um, 20 and 12, we, we've been saying for the longest, you know, let the office go through Vooch, and that's what they've been doing lately. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, you know, this is going to be interesting to see, like, once again, to stretch of games. Now, we'll see what happens in San Antonio tonight. I mean, look, we've seen, look, I know the, the Spurs have lost 15 in a row. They get to see Wim and Yama. That should be an interesting match with, uh, with him and Vooch. So, uh, yeah, that would be interesting, a uh, matchup there tonight. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like the Bulls, I mean, if you go through their schedule, I mean, look, we're, you know, they're going to be without Levine for like three to four weeks. So they go to San Antonio. They got to go at Milwaukee. They host Denver. They're at Miami for two. For two. Don't ask me why. I'm not that. Listen, I wasn't repeating myself there. 
Uh, they go. <laughs> They go at Philadelphia, so it does get a little bit tougher. They go, you know, they host Los Angeles for their first, or their only, uh, I think it's the only trip here this year, and San Antonio again, and Cleveland real before Christmas. So it gets a little bit tougher for them after tonight, but uh, they could definitely, you know, rack up some wins here. And I feel like this is going to be, this could be a time for them to kind of like, like I said, you know, get a, get, win, get, if you can just get to 500, get to 500 or at least close to it, I think you might be looking pretty good, I guess, you know, going into the new year, but we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think the Bulls could still a couple wins there on that on that schedule, like you said, right before Christmas. You know the Miami Heat is going to come after them, especially mm-hmm. after what happened here in Chicago a couple weeks ago, blowing that big 20-plus point lead here uh, at the United Center. But, Lakina, I'll say this now. the way that We talked about this for the last couple of shows. Without Zach Levine, the, the ball has been moving around very well. And the Bulls, as a team, have been averaging, I believe, close to 32 assists as a team per game. Mm-hmm. What I've been saying all year, Lakina, the ball has to move. When the ball moves, especially with Vucevic involved, he doesn't have to get the ball every time he's in the post. But when the ball moves around, everybody gets involved, and it creates more space and more open shots for your teammates. And like you said, Vucevic has been taking advantage of that. Kobe White, especially. Ayo Dusumu has been playing very well. I know it's been coming off the bench these last couple of games, but you start to see him play better too as he's starting to get more playing time. So it's been a, a, a collective effort here, a team effort. And so I know this has been a big to- topic around here in Chicago on sport on the both sports radio stations. Are the Bulls a better team without Zach Levine? At least through the first three games, the answer is yes. Yeah, they had they had they had 23 assists in that game on Wednesday against Charlotte. So yeah, I mean they're definitely making a case for that. Maybe you know, maybe the offense is better without Zach. I mean, Wolves, like I said, Wolves gets a little bit you know you know facing you know Denver and Milwaukee and Miami. We'll see how they look against those teams, but and I'm sure Milwaukee's gonna want their revenge after what happened last week. But uh, you know, I, I think this is gonna be very interesting to see what what this team will look as we get as we get more and more you know they have to play tougher and tougher opponents. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Sports Zone, Chicago City. Lakina hanging out here with you on the hashtag Football Friday edition. We're talking Bulls in NBA. If you have any uh, questions or comments regarding the the NBA game, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, Lakina, let's go to the broader stage of the NBA and talk about the in-season tournament. Of course, we'll get the Los Angeles Lakers and the Indiana Pacers on Saturday, tomorrow uh, on ABC. That's at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. As the semifinals took place yesterday in Vegas. We'll get to that in just a moment. The finals will take place in Vegas once again tomorrow night, Saturday night. But I want to go to Tuesday's games, Lakina. The Milwaukee Bucks uh, uh, get past the Knicks by 22-146-122. And then the classic finish with some controversy, the Lakers beat the Suns at, at – uh, the center is formerly known as Staples Center, 103-106. Lakina, what were your uh, takes from these uh, two games on Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, I can understand why, you know, some Suns fans were not very happy because of, of all the, the weirdness that happened at the end of that game. But, you know, I, I think, look, if you saw LeBron and the way he's been playing, you see the LeBron, you saw, we'll talk about the games from yes, from last night. But 
he wants to win this. And I you know, and look, KD, there was definitely a little bit of a kind of like a little bit of a, I don't want to say a street ball brawl, but it was definitely back and forth. I mean, you mm-hmm. thought that maybe, you know, look, you know, the, the Lakers were up for a little bit, then you know, the Suns came back in the third, and you know, that and then like the Lakers came back and made some big shots late. So, you know, for me, I think that this was probably the most entertaining. I'm I'm sure they I'm sure the NBA had wished that this was would have been like the semi like the semifinals or the final and not, yeah. the, not the quarters, but you know, it is what it is how that they set it up. But I mean, look, it's it, like I said, it's going to get you know, very uh, interesting here because you know the, the Lakers, you know they're they you know they go to you know as of this recording they go to fourteen and nine, so they're kind of right there in the thick of it. But you know LeBron, I think you could tell that he probably wants to win this. He could probably say, hey, you know what, I was the first one to win this uh, this tournament. So, but there's <laughs> a guy, but there's a guy who plays for Indiana that may have something to say about that. We'll get to him in a second, but uh, you know, but I think look, this was a pretty. Uh, I can see why some of the Suns fans were upset. At the end of that, but I don't know. You still had you still had your shots to try to win this game, and you didn't do it. So yeah, the referee was may not have been on your side for all you Suns fans, but you still had your chances to kind of put this game away, but you didn't. Yeah, the play that Lakino is referring to is Austin Reeves was tied up in the backcourt. He lost the ball, mm-hmm. got it back. Um, the Phoenix was trying to force a, a steal. First of all, they didn't get it, but they were trying to force a jump ball. LeBron James, with the presence of mind, uh, looked yep. to the referee to call a timeout. The Quick Lakers were ready yep. the timeout. Yeah, and the after timeout. looking at the replay a couple of times, uh, uh, Phoenix uh, had that possession. So the Lakers got the quote unquote home team call there. And like, like Lakita said, it led up to that uh, victory. But uh, the Lakers started off hot early and then the Suns came back. But Austin Reeves hit a couple of big shots down the stretch. Anthony Davis chipped in as well. So the Lakers are playing good ball right now. And we'll get to their game last night against New Orleans in a couple of minutes. But as far as this game on Tuesday, it was very entertaining to say the least, Lakina. Uh, uh, beside outside of that bad call at the end, the Sun the Suns really should have won that game. I know they've been without Bradley Beal for most of the season, but Kevin Durant, as you mentioned, did his thing with 31 points, and Devin Booker showed up too. But uh, the Lakers, with their supporting cast, did enough just to uh, hang on to that victory. Yeah, and the, and the Bucks beat uh, the 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 Knicks pretty you know in a pretty high score affair. I don't think anybody saw this score coming. One forty six, one twenty two. Giannis had thirty five. Um, Julius Randle kicked it with forty one, which is a career high for him. Excuse me, but it wasn't enough there. And now going into Wednesday's uh, games, uh, you got uh, non-tournament even, games. Yeah, non-tournament games. These are non-tournament games. These are teams that are not in the tournament. Uh, the way this, I know it's weird how the schedule sets up, but uh, you know, uh, the 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 Sixers bounced back, you know, with a win against uh the Wizards. Uh, Miami uh pulled away from Toronto. Uh, Minnesota beat San Antonio. They're still in a roll there. Uh, and Dallas beat Utah by fifty points. I'm not. I thought that's not a typo, folks. Uh, and this is actually not the first time that uh that the Mavs you know, beat uh, Toronto by uh, you know beat uh the Jazz I should say by fifty. Uh, the second time you know they did it back in you know 2018. It's the only instance where where that one franchise has beaten another franchise by fifty plus points twice in the regular season. So uh you know break out the uh I guess you know I know the Jazz have been playing very well. You know they're kind of you know. I don't know what's happening down there over there in Salt Lake City, but you know the Mavs, you know they really need this to kind of like get things going here because they've kind of been up and down themselves. Uh, but yeah, this, a game like this could definitely help them with their cause. So Luca had forty-one there, but I, you know another couple other games, the non-tournament games. Yeah, Luca dropped an F bomb after that game too. I know. The <laughs> Interview. Yeah, I'll say, 
Yeah, I was like, yeah, oh yeah. He was he was let's say he was a little bit excited after that after the fifty pretty uh, yeah. point uh shellacking there. And the Clippers, the Clippers got a big win uh against the Nuggets, kinda got a little bit of revenge there. And uh looks like Harden started to kind of get it going finally. Yes, he started to uh, get his feet wet and started playing within the team concept concept. He led uh, the Clippers with twenty points. He also grabbed the lever uh uh Stole stole the ball three times rather and dished out eleven assists. He's finally starting to uh, get used to the system, gets, getting used to Coach Ty Lue's, um system, and everybody else is falling to, into place like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Of course, Russell Westbrook is coming off the bench. So far, he hasn't had a problem with it. So uh, the Clippers now they're at, <coughs> excuse me they're at ten and ten on the year. Uh, let's see where this leads to the, uh, leads for the Clippers. They should start. Uh, winning some of these games now, as you mentioned, they got their revenge on Denver for the last couple of times they played them, especially early in the in season tournament where they the, the last game that they played against against Denver, where they, which they lost by a couple of points. But I want to talk about the other game that took place on Wednesday, looking at the Golden State Warriors beating the Portland Trail Blazers uh, by by four. Steph Curry uh, came out big, scoring thirty one points. Yeah, yeah, they did, and uh, yeah, I mean, look, the, I think Golden State really needed that, you know, that win desperately because of the, you know, again, we've been, you know, they've been struggling a lot lately, you know, due to Draymond and his antics and you know, all this stuff, you know, you know, Steph's been kind of been, you know, in and out of the lineup with you know, with the with the injuries and you know, age and stuff, so mm-hmm. they really needed this win. I mean, Draymond's been on his best behavior; he got ten and ten, uh, ten points and ten boards. You know, Steph did the same with uh, thirty-one points. Uh, you know, Clay didn't have his best showing, only had 11, but he made a couple of big shots late that definitely uh, helped uh, them hang on against uh, Portland. But yeah, I think, look, they're 10 11 as of a recording. This is what the Warriors are. So again, you know, let's give it a couple of weeks before we start freaking about the Warriors. We saw, we heard about this last year that this was going to be, mm-hmm. oh, is it starting to, you know, things starting to fall off for the Warriors? Not just yet. So uh, let's win a couple of weeks before we start, you know, writing their uh, basketball obituary, I guess, if you will. Staying with that Western Conference, Lakina, the Minnesota Timberwolves improved that record to 16 and 4 by defeating the San Antonio Spurs on Wednesday, 102 to 94. Rudy Gobert, 16 points and 20 rebounds. As we talk about with the Oklahoma City Thunder, Lakina, could they be this year's uh, Sacramento Kings? I know they lost to Houston on Wednesday uh, by nine points, but uh, look out now. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they're coming. They, they still lead the Western Conference with 16 wins. We talk about Rudy Gobert needed to um, step up again this year. Carl Anthony Towns, he needs to stay healthy, unlike a year ago. But that bad man again, Anthony Edwards, uh, if Minnesota continues to play like this, he could be a strong candidate for MVP. Yeah, he really can be if he stays consistent. And look, if Minnesota can avoid any series, if Towns doesn't get, if Cap doesn't get hurt, if Edwards doesn't get hurt, if Robert doesn't get hurt, God forbid. I mean, if they can avoid any serious injuries, they could probably be, you know, that that one seed in the Western Conference. I said they can. I'm not gonna say they're gonna be, but you know, they definitely mm-hmm. you know, are are playing, you know, lights out right now. And look, like I said, Chris Finch is definitely in the. Uh, Definitely one of the leaders for coach of the year, I think. But uh, I want to see how they do, you know, against some of the other, uh, the other, the old top teams. But uh, yeah, at least right now, I think Minnesota is showing you why they are. They have the best record in the league. All right, now let's get over to what happened in Las Vegas yesterday in the two semifinal games uh, that took place at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada last night. Lakina will start off with the first game. The Indiana Panthers upset the Milwaukee Bucks 128 to 119. Tyrese Halliburton, who we talked about on this show before for the last couple of years, for the Indiana 
for the Indiana Pacers, rather, 27.7 rebounds to 15 assists. Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. the Greek freak for the Milwaukee Bucks, 37 points and 10 rebounds. This was a very competitive game, Lakina. The Bucks struggled in the first half. So did Damian Lillard. Uh, he shot the ball uh, 10 times, only made two field goals, but he did heat up in that third quarter. But uh, once it got to the late stages of that third quarter, in the start of that fourth quarter, uh, Hal Burton and crew uh, for the Pacers said that's enough. They took over. They shot the ball well, especially from three, and they went on, on their way to the victory. Shout out Miles Turner as well. He was really dominating inside for the Pacers. Yeah, he yeah he was. Uh, 26 points and 10 boards for him. He was definitely a beast. He was definitely a force in uh, in you know, in, uh, inside for the Pacers. And, you know, he and Lonnie Halliburton. Halliburton's been playing very well. I mean, he is, you know, he's average, I think, about 26 points a game, especially during this in-season tournament. Mm-hmm. He's been one of the reasons why the Pacers are right there where they're at at 12 and 8 as we're recording this. So they were able to pull off that big ass against the Bucks last mm-hmm. night. So I think they're definitely you know, up there, though. I mean, the, the Pacers are, you know, one of those teams where, yeah, I know there were a couple of times they got their butts kicking in a couple of games, but they they're showing you why they can shoot the ball very well when they're when they're hitting their they're in their threes especially mm-hmm. they they can they're they're tough to beat. I mean, I know they were only seven for thirty three from three uh, last night, but you know, look, they were did enough in the, you know in the field and with the free throws to help them to propel them to the win. Yeah, let's give uh, head coach Rick Carlisle credit too. We all know that. Uh, he's a championship head coach. He won his title a dec- a little bit over a decade ago with the 20 old, 2011 Dallas Mavericks. But Rick Carlisle had to adjust uh, the, for the last couple of years to the, the players that he has on his roster. Now the Pacers are, are very official. I think the best off, uh, efficiency, offensive efficiency team in terms of the numbers in the NBA. You mentioned about Tyler uh, Halliburton. I talked about it with Kobe Wright just a few moments ago. I think uh, with the game being all-star game being in Indianapolis this year, Tyrese Halliburton has a real shot of being on the Eastern Conference All-Star team this year if he continues to play like this and the Pacers continue to win as well. Well, on the flip side from Milwaukee, Lakina, as I mentioned, Damian Lillard got going in that second half. Giannis did his thing. Malik Beasley had a couple of nice shots, which I thought uh, was a big addition for them in the offseason. But what happened to the rest of that team in, in that second half yesterday, Lakina? Even though it was a high scoring game, Lakina, only 25 points in that fourth quarter, that's just not that's just not going to get it done. If you're if you're a championship team like Milwaukee, uh, many people like yours surely has, has predicted for the Bucks to win this year. You got to show up in big moments. And the Pacers, uh, I'm not saying the Bucks didn't want that game yesterday, Lakino, but you, as we talked about on our show on Monday, you would tell uh, these veteran teams that is approaching this this in season tournament. Okay, we can use this. Uh, it, it's an it's just another game. Let's just I'm not gonna say go through the motions, but you know, uh, let's just do our thing and let's not uh, uh, overdo it. But for these young teams like New Orleans, which we'll get to in a minute, and what the Pacers did last night, they've taken this opportunity to say, "Hey, uh, we're we're the up and coming teams in the league. Let's use this to reestablish ourselves. Perhaps use this as a step stepping stone to." what we could do down the road from now to the end of the season. Could definitely come in handy, especially when they're trying to fight for those, uh, those playoff, those playing tournament spots. So uh, yeah, they'll, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. what they do here. They'll, they'll be facing the Lakers in the uh, championship game coming up tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, the Lakers uh, ended up pulling away uh, pretty uh, handily from the Pelicans at one thirty three eighty nine. 42 to 7, uh, 43 to 17, third quarter, you know, definitely propelled uh, the Lakers to that win over 
over the Pelicans here. Uh, AD had 16, of course. LeBron had 30. Uh, Austin Reeves, uh, you know, it it was a very interesting, you know, a very interesting game from start to finish for some of these. Uh, from some from some of these guys, I mean, Reeves had 17 off the bench. Uh, DeAndre Russell had, you know, 14. So it was actually a pretty solid effort. It wasn't just about LeBron. If you if you heard LeBron as as comments afterwards, you could tell that he probably wants to win this. So uh, maybe he does. We were wondering <laughs> where the big stars care about this game. You know, you could tell you can tell when he and KD face each other on Tuesday, and, and then you know last night you can tell like he really wants to win this tournament. Yeah, but I heard someone say this the other day that. LeBron James deep down probably knows that, you know, we all know that his career is going to come to an end within the next two or three years or so. He probably knows that deep down that he may not get last year was probably his last real best shot of getting back to the NBA finals. So he wants to win this NBA cup. Now we'll be talking about this when he retires. Probably not. Okay. It's going to go down his resume, but you're not going to use this in a stupid argument when you compare him to Kobe or Michael Jordan. So it's just going to be another uh, uh, achievement on his resume. But for, for the Lakers right now, as we as we talked about before, I like the way some of their role players are playing, like Austin Reese and Max Christie. And it's nice to hear D'Angelo Russell finally decided mm-hmm. to show up on the mm-hmm. scoring sheet. So, well, for the Lakers, as we said before, Anthony Davis needs to be the alpha dog, especially inside. LeBron James, he can contribute and pick his spots to take over games. You don't need him to score 30 points uh, every night. I know he's, he has a birthday coming up in a couple of weeks when he turns 39, but you don't need your 39-year-old to be your leader in scoring every night. Even though he's in incredible shape, he's not the player that he once was not even five years ago. So uh, the, uh, he has to choose his spots, and the other players going to have to step up. And Andy Davis, he's going to have to be that leader on the floor to do that. Yeah, and even LeBron said after in the afterwards last night, he said, "Look, it's only December. I know that I'm not gonna, you know, you know, I'm not gonna play like this." He he admitted it. So, like you said, you know, let's you know, let's just let them enjoy the ride. And look, if they win, great. I don't know if this is gonna be a make or break of time. You know, if he you know wins or loses, you know, the Lakers. But I think he knows that. Look, this is probably you know he's got this probably maybe slow it down a little bit after the first. So you may see him take a couple of games off, like I've been saying. So you know, for me, I think look, you know, he's still playing at a high high level at his age but i think even he knows that he may have to slow it down a little bit so and and he and you know lebron lebron's very self-aware so he knows mm-hmm. that look he's not gonna be playing you know 40 minutes every night so or every game so he knows that you know what's coming especially since it's gonna be turning 39 all right a couple of things lakina before we head out for, uh, for the top of the hour break who's your pick for tomorrow night the lakers or the pacers I mean, I you know it's gonna be a close one, but I think oh jeez, I think I think the Lakers might win it just because I think look at least LeBron say hey look at least I can get you know won the first game, but look I but also but look I wouldn't be surprised look if Halliburton plays like he's been playing the last couple of weeks during this tournament, if they they I would be surprised if the Pacers pull it off. I'll be different. I'll go with Indiana because you mentioned with the Tyrese Hurden uh, factor, and don't forget too about Miles Turner, especially what he did. Uh, last night against the Milwaukee Bucks, against Giannis and Brooke Lopez and the rest of and that front line of the Milwaukee Bucks. I want to ask you, before, or like I said, before we uh, head out for the top of the hour break, uh, what did you think about the coverage on TNT and ESPN yesterday? Of course, Reggie Miller joined Mike Breen and Doris Burke for the oh, first Burke. game, and that was Milwaukee and Indiana. Of course, TNT had the second game, of course. TNT's inside the NBA brought in Stephen A. Smith and Michael Wilbon. What did you think about the coverage from those two networks yesterday? Yeah, I think I think Doc sounded better on Turner 
than Reggie did on ESPN, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I could tell mm-hmm. the camaraderie that that you know that he had with um with Kevin Harlan, with you know, I think Candace Parker was there too, you know, calling the game as well. Mm-hmm. So I think look, I think this was definitely one of those things where I think maybe maybe they should do this more often. I guess I don't know if they'll be able to do this during the season or in the playoffs, but they sounded better. And of course, you got you got to do with inside the NBA. That's probably the better of the. Uh, of the uh, the two, so yeah, I think look, this is gonna be, like I said, it'll be interesting to see how the it's gonna be on ABC, so we're gonna have all the ABC guys, okay? But uh, you know, but I, I like the coverage. I think, I'm sure they'll probably do this a little bit more, you know, now more often. I think you know during this tournament, especially. And I forgot that famous slime, of course, when Stephen A. Uh, jumped on that on the TNT set, Charles Barkley yelled at him about first take and them mm-hmm. whooping his ass and all that other stuff. I was like, I knew that was scripted. You knew that that was coming. I wasn't annoyed by it, but I was like, yeah, you, you knew that was coming. But I thought the coverage was fine uh, from both the networks. Uh, I kind of agree with you with Doc Rivers on the Turner side. Like, hmm, it was interesting here. But it was interesting. I think, you know, that broadcast, I think, actually sounded better. Not saying the first broadcast was trash because I, I, I didn't think it was. But, you know, Doc Rivers, you know, he, he's been, before he went back into coaching with the Boston Celtics years ago, he was doing broadcasts with Al Michaels when the ABC picked up and ESPN picked up the NBA some 20 plus years ago. So, and it, it was just a, it's a, a natural fit for, for him. So I thought he did a great job, as you said yesterday, of doing that second game. All right, let's talk about the schedule. You know, very light schedule if you will this weekend. Friday we got a big lineup. Of course, these are these are like non-tournament games. Of course, uh, the, uh, the 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 Pacers Lakers standalone uh, in, in tournament uh, final is tomorrow. That'll be simulcast on ABC and ESPN two. Now tonight, you know, Friday you got Toronto and Charlotte at six. You got Detroit and Orlando, um, Atlanta and Philadelphia. Philadelphia had a pretty uh, solid week this. Uh, uh, their uh, last game, uh, Washington and Brooklyn, Boston and New York as they host uh, the Celtics host the Knicks. So that's going to be NBA TV at 630 and Cleveland and Miami at seven. Should be a good one there. Finish up the rest of the Friday night schedule for tonight. The Minnesota Timberwolves will face the Memphis Grizzlies at seven. The Warriors will face the Oklahoma City Thunder on the road. Of course, the Bulls and the Spurs at 730. Houston will face Denver Nuggets at 8 o'clock. The Sacramento Kings will travel to Phoenix to take on the Suns. And then the nightcap on ESPN tonight will feature the Utah Jazz hosting Los Angeles Clippers. And the late game um, running at the same time will be the Portland Trailblazers hosting the Dallas Mavericks from the Rose City. All right, so that's your schedule for this weekend NBA. No games on Sunday, too, Sunday because of you know, the finishing up the tournament and all that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So you know, no, you know, games Friday for into tournament title tomorrow Saturday, and no games on Sunday. Just a, a quick reminder there. We got a bar burner to talk about, Lakina, with the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> and we'll give you our thoughts on the for these uh, upcoming uh, coming games on Sunday in the world of the NFL. We got our girl Christine the Queen Manica at the bottom of the next hour, and a whole lot more. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You listen to the hashtag Football Friday edition of the Second City Sports. We're live in another color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. that you're in my lane? 
no, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. to hour number two of Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday Edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. That's Lakina, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter, X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You follow me, Keita McGee, on the Twitter, X, I can't again, IG. And we have less than an hour left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us as we go into our hashtag Football Friday mode, you can always find us at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can catch Sports on Chicago live in living color right now on Roku TV. All right, Sid. Uh, let's do this quick recap of uh... – Patriots Steelers, which I will admit I did not watch a lot of this game yesterday, uh, last night. But the you know the Patriots scored twenty one points. Yay! They haven't done that in a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, they beat the Steelers twenty one eighteen, and 
what's interesting here is that I, I guess like Bailey Zappi looked like I'm not I'm not gonna seriously say he looks like he looked like Tom Brady, but he actually you know mm-hmm. did okay. Um, he threw four. Let me get the, the get the the you know the graphic up here for a second. But yeah, but they actually scored their first very first try on the Patriots, so they haven't done that in a while. Um, Zappi threw for three uh, TDs, 240 yards. Uh, Zeke uh, Ezekiel Elliott had 68 rushing yards. Um, on the flip side, though, um, uh, Mitch Trubisky, you know, did had to start for the Steelers, 190 yards, one TD, one interception, and uh, had a rushing TD as well. Uh, was actually led the team in rushing, which I'm sure Najee Harris was not very happy about that. I'm sure if you heard his comments earlier this week about Trubisky, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, mm, some questionable <laughs> stuff that came out during that last Steelers possession, but uh, I'll let you go first, my friend, Sid. Yeah, Allen Robinson, former Chicago Bear, now with the Steelers, the wide receiver. He was interfered with on, on the Steelers last drive. He was trying to attempt to tie the game at 21. He was interfered with clearly, and the refs just decided to swallow their whistles and leave the flag, their yellow flags in their back pocket. And the Patriots won on the defensive stand 21-18. So we talked about this before, Lakina. I don't want to go into it too much, but it's been a, a questionable officiating over the last few years, especially with the game being offensive as it is right now. Do you really know what is, uh, the difference between pass interference and pass interference, if you know what I mean? Uh, I know we're old enough to, to remember watching football when it was defensive running the ball. And when it was actually passing interference, it, uh, most of the time those plays got called. But now if you just breathe on the guy, it's pass interference. And I know many teams, including the Bears, every once in a while, uh, draw up certain plays to see uh, the referees is going to uh, throw the flag. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. doesn't. But uh, this pass interference calls at, at times looking is, is really a joke to me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I know the consistency of these, uh, of some of these, uh, you know, games. You know, we saw what happened in the in the Chiefs Packers game last Sunday night. I think mm-hmm. in this case here, I mean, they probably should have called it, but look, but even still, the Steelers have multiple opportunities to win this game. Why you throw? Why you throw on fourth and like one and a half or one and three quarters is beyond me. I was all we were told that Matt Canada was the problem uh, here with the offense. I mean, it took them. You know, they had they didn't score their first T D till like in the second quarter. And even then, you know, they didn't score another one till like, you know, late in the fourth, like halfway through the fourth quarter, but they needed they needed. So for me, I think, look, you know, the, the issue is definitely a little bit deeper than the OC. I or the former OC, I guess, for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I think all that stuff with them, you know, being out gained in most of their games, like this coming back to bite them in the butt. And they're seven to six right now, and a loss like this could definitely ruin their chances of going into the playoffs. You lose to a, a, a team that's just got their third win of the season. So for me, I think look, I, look, Bill Belichick will be in a better mood going, you know, doing the guest picking thing, you know, over in Jersey for the uh, the Army Navy game tomorrow. But I'm not <laughs> you know, looking too much into. I'm not gonna take too much into this you know whole thing. But you know, Steelers, this could be the kind of loss that come at the back in the butt. Just saying. Yeah, the Steelers had an opportunity to stack up some wins here, as you, as you mentioned during our last uh, last hour, during our first segment, as we uh, brought up the we, we discussed the Chicago Bears, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, even though, despite two weather delays, they upset the Steelers at home last week. I'm talking about Arizona; they went on the road to beat Pittsburgh in the Steel City. Of course, Kenny Pick, Kenny Pickett is not there, but they still had an opportunity to beat a, a down and trotting. Patriots team last night and Bill Belichick got out of there with a win. So 
Like I said, this could start a downfall for the Steelers, but we'll see what happens as they have four games remaining on their schedule. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, hashtag Football Friday edition. Sam McKinnon hanging out here with us as we discuss the National Football League at large. As usual, we'll give you our picks on, with our girl Christine, the Queen Manga, coming up in our next segment. But I want to discuss some of the other big games that's going on around the NFL this coming weekend. We'll start off with, with the Sunday night contest on NBC. The Dallas Cowboys at 93 will host the 10-2 Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, Philadelphia got smacked around by San Francisco at home last week while the Dallas Cowboys uh, took care of business uh, with their with their last games. Cowboys at 6-0 at home. Philadelphia's 5-1 and in a way. Lakina, do you look at this as the biggest game to this point in Dak Prescott's season? Yeah, I mean, this is a pivotal role for them, him and the Cowboys, because we've seen that they can do real good against teams that are that are mediocre and worse, but yet we haven't seen them uh, beat a team that's really good. So this is their chance to, uh, you know, to do that. And as far as the Eagles are concerned, you look, you want to get that bad taste of that Niners loss out of your mouth. So mm-hmm. I think this definitely has a, you know, a proven, you know, mode. I mean, Eagles already won the first meeting, so it's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys respond. In this meeting, so they got they had a little bit of a break. They got about a ten day uh, break, so it'll be interesting to see how both these teams kind of re- uh, how to you know. And I'm I'm glad that NBC has uh you know I'm sure this is a good season one game. NBC is probably glad that they have this game because uh this definitely mm-hmm. be pivotal for both the, the NFC uh perhaps maybe even the number one seed too. We'll see. Yeah, remember NBC had the Dallas. San Francisco game back in early October. Of course, it turned out to be a dub with the 49ers, what they did to the Cowboys. But I think, like you said, this is going to probably be the highest rated regular season game this year on their on their schedule. Like you said, it's for our first place in the NFC East. The Philadelphia wins it. They beat the Cowboys in a regular season series, two games to none. And the Cowboys most likely will be a wild card team. But the Cowboys win it. I think they'll control the NFC East while Philadelphia will be searching for answers again. But I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Maybe not quite to your Lakina McGee special uh, 9-6 game, but I don't think it's going to be a whole lot of points put up in this game, Lakina. That's just my opinion. I think Philadelphia will wake up, but I think it's about the Cowboys executing, especially down the stretch. You brought up that first meeting. Remember Dak Prescott stepped out of bounds in that two-point conversion? which cost them the game, of course, on that last drive, which they should have won the game. They had a bunch of penalties, those self-inflicting uh, plays, which they couldn't blame nobody else but themselves. And I think they had a touchdown, which they thought they scored two in that game, which they came off short, I think, on the fourth down play at the uh, at the goal line. So the Cowboys actually outplayed Philadelphia for the most part in that first meeting. They should have walked out of there with the victory, but had they learned a lesson, we'll see on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how both the Olympics and how both these teams respond. Because, look, you know, like I said, Dallas is, you know, like I said, they're, they're, they want to kind of send a message, hey, we can pay, play, you know, beat and beat the, the, the good teams while the Eagles are trying to get that you know, nine, nine Niners game out of their mouth from last week. So we'll see how that, we'll see how the good teams respond, you know, to this type of thing. Now, another uh, game will be the 325 game. CBS has a doubleheader this week. You got the Bills and the Chiefs. Uh, both facing each other, uh, the, the Chiefs, you know, and they actually just announced this on uh, Twitter here. Let me see if I can get it up. But they're going to, you know, I'm talking about the the, the Chiefs because they are going to be out with some of their key guys, you know, as I you know get this thing up here. But uh, the Bills, are, they really need this one to keep themselves in the in the hunt for mm-hmm. and you know a for uh, one of the wild card spots. 
And it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs respond because they're going to be without uh, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, their linebacker, uh, Drew Tranquil, uh, Brian Cook, their DB, and also Donovan Smith. So this could be something that maybe the the Bills could probably take advantage here. You would think the Bills will take advantage of it. I know their running game has been hit and miss all year. I know they have Latavius Murray there now. You have uh, James Cook, the younger brother of uh, Dalvin Cook of the New York Jets. Uh, I know they ran the ball in spots so far uh, this year. I know Josh Allen has been playing a whole lot better ever since they fired Ken Dorsey, the former offensive coordinator, a few weeks ago. So the Bills have looked great on offense there. But their last game, they should have beaten Philadelphia on the road. They outplayed Philadelphia through the first three quarters. But the game is 60 minutes, and uh, the Bills gave that game away. You mentioned on the flip side for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes got outplayed by Jordan Love, and the Green Bay came away with that victory, even despite that non-pass interference call. So I think the Chiefs are a little bit more angry than the Buffalo Bills, if you may say. I know the Chiefs had two more wins than Buffalo this year, but I think, well, who needs who needs this game more? Both teams do, but who needs, needs this game more? I agree with you. I think it's Buffalo because of where they are in the state in the standings. Of course, Miami as of right now, they're running away with the AFC East. But I think Kansas City, for them being at home, I think they have the slight edge here. They might. So uh, so we'll see how they respond. I mean, look, I Mm -hmm. mean, that that the offense for the Chiefs is struggling. So if you're you're the defense for the Bills, you might you know might be rubbing your hands and thinking, hmm, you may have a shot here to make some inroads. Now going to the NFC South, of uh, for control of the division, you got the Bucks and the Falcons, and this is interesting because both of these teams is definitely going to be for kind of like who will get you know an edge of that you know. Because, yes, the Bucks have played, you know, one more game than – well, they both played, you know, the same amount, 12 games. You know, Bucks are – Bucks is five or five or seven, and the, the, the Falcons are at 500. So who do you think has the edge in this game? I think the Falcons have the edge only because they're, they're at home. And B. John Robinson started to catch fire a little bit uh, last week uh, with, their, with their win uh, on the road uh, at the New York Jets, which was a, another uh, – watch the – wet paint dry game. <laughs> so the Falcons did enough right there. They did defense actually stepped up because the Jets are just a piss poor bad. But on the flip side for the Buccaneers, uh when they when they when they do not turn the ball over, I'm talking about uh, the quarterback at Baker Mayfield, uh, when they don't turn the per, turn the ball over, they have a pretty good offense. Rashad Rice been their running back has caught fire these last few weeks. Mike Evans, no, not the actor from good times. So Mike Evans their star wide receiver. He's, he's having another outstanding season. So him and Baker Mayfield have a connection there, but I think the Falcons have a slight edge here. And for Tampa Bay, they need to get off to a hot start, and I, I think they'll calm their nerves down for the Falcons, uh, get B. John Robinson, the rookie running back from Texas, more opportunities in the running game, and I think it will open it up more for for that Falcons offense. And like you said, been saying all season, Lakina, uh, the, the Falcons tight end, Cal Pitts, Gary Freeze, free him, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but just to see how that how that does. I mean, look, yeah, they you know they know where he is. Do they even know where he is? So uh, yeah, we're interested to see yeah. how one, which one of these teams are gonna have the edge there because this could be for the division to control the division. So we'll see what happens mm-hmm. in that game. Now, uh, interesting what they're doing here on Monday night. Um, these are these Monday night games are gonna be simulcast. I think this is the first time ever that this is you know this is gonna be taking place. And also, too, not only will there be a man cast, but Pavey Eli will be doing both games, so that will be interesting how they do this. Uh, Titans Dolphins <laughs> will be on ESPN, and while the Packers Giants will be on ABC, 
Um, so yeah, this will be interesting though because you know, we'll do, we'll start the Packers game, uh, the Giants game first. Giants have been playing very well lately with Tommy DeVito as their quarterback. Um, you got the Packers, you know, off that big win against the Chiefs at home. So do you sense a letdown here? Because I think if you're the Packers, this is you got some very winnable games. All of the Bears have winnable games. The Packers schedule is even easier. So if you're the Packers, you better try to pounce, and this is the time to do it. And I, I agree with you on that. Do they can they come in overconfident? Sure, because you you beat the defending world champion Kansas City Chiefs uh, in, in prime time in front of a national audience last week. Uh, you've been playing well over the last few weeks. You're starting to win some of those close games. Jordan Love, even though he has 22 touchdowns and 10 interceptions so far this year, he's been playing well these last few weeks. So you start to, as the kids would say, feel yourself feeling themselves a little bit. So uh, that definitely could be a, a letdown. On the flip side for the Giants. We all know they're even though they're four and eight, they're having a terrible year. They're starting to play better with with uh, with Tommy DeVito. But let's not forget about Saquon Barkley. He can run through that Green Bay defense as well. I know Green Bay's defense has been questioned by Packers fans as not being up to par like it has been over the last few years. But that Packers defense is ninth in the NFL in terms of scoring defense. So watch out for that Packers defense for the Giants. Uh, they could play loser free because no one is expected them to win this game. Um, many people expect them to be blown out and uh, that could be very, that could be very, very dangerous for, for the opponent. Yeah, it can. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, that I I'm, I'm intrigued by this because this could be, we'll mm-hmm. see how both teams run because the Giants have been playing pretty well themselves lately. We'll see if the Packers can, you know, get a little bit of, Maybe looking looking ahead, we'll see. I mean, if you hear, you know, they're young, so you gotta think that maybe they probably won't do that. But it'll be just see what what how both these teams respond. So yeah, this could be a more entertaining game that a lot of people are, are giving them credit for. Yeah, I couldn't agree with agree with you more. As we laid out the scenario, uh, the Packers can win this game. Uh, they can also lose this game as well. So uh, we'll see what gives there. I want to go back to that second Monday night matchup with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, traveling to South Beach to take on the Miami Dolphins. As I mentioned a few moments ago, the Miami Dolphins have the control of the AFC East with a 93 record. I know they're favored by 13 points. Now, I'm worried about the Dolphins having to let down here. I, I know they beat the crap out of the Washington Commanders in our nation's capital last week, but I'm worried about a letdown for the Dolphins because they're at home. You're, yeah, they scored the most points at home. And I know Tyreek Hill, their star right receiver is questionable. It looks like he's going to be healthy enough to play on Monday with an extra day off. But I'm worried about the Dolphins playing down to the competition for the Titans. This could be another dangerous spot for the Miami Dolphins. You know, let a team like Tennessee hang around, hang around, hang around. Then all of a sudden you decide to, quote, unquote, wake up in the fourth quarter. If you play it that way, it may be too little too late. But hopefully the Miami will start fast just like they have in most of their games this year. But I know you're going to bring up – well, they haven't been any good teams. That's true, but you can only play who's on your schedule. Yeah, but when you get to the playoffs, I mean, you'll see how you know how you really are. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the Titans. I mean, look, I don't know what Titans you're gonna. You're not. I don't know what Titans teams are gonna get. If you're being honest, I mean, look, you, if you saw the Titans team that you know that could they give you know Miami some fits? Sure, they can. But I can see you know you know Miami blowing them out. So, uh, thankfully, I guess in this case, it's good that you have the simulcast uh, Monday night game because if one of them sucks, you can go to the other one. So, or the <laughs> pictures for. So, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I mean, this is this Titans team could be it could be a trap game for the Dolphins. I mean, we know that you know the ties are you know when they're actually you know okay, they might actually you know give you know the Dolphins fits. So especially if Tyree's not 100, 
I can see perhaps maybe, you know, the, the, the Titans maybe could take advantage, especially that defense. We know they're opportunistic, so who knows? Let's go over to the NFC West where we have a key matchup on Sunday afternoon, 3.05 p.m. Central Standard Time on Fox, where the 93 San Francisco 49ers will host the 6-6 six six Seattle Seahawks. Perhaps this is the game with if the San Francisco 49ers can grab control of the NFC West. Of course, they beat Seattle in Seattle on Thanksgiving night in dominating fashion. This go around Lakina, the 49ers are favored by 11 points. As we mentioned, they they gave Philly all they could handle on the road last week, while Seattle lost a close one in a shutout against Dallas last Thursday night. Are we seeing a free fall with the Seahawks here? Yeah, I mean, we'll just see how the Seahawks respond because that was a tough loss that they had last week. But, you know, I'm interested to see, look, look, we saw what happened that first meeting on Thanksgiving. Look, I mean, we saw the 49ers kind of, you know, beat them pretty handily. So we'll see how the, the other Seahawks respond. If the 49ers, they got a lot to play for. If they win this, they could get, they take control, like you said, the NFC West. So they want, they probably going to want to do that. And then we'll see, if, you know, Brock Purdy and that uh, you know, 49ers defense, you know, can kind of, you know, tame Geno Smith. Yeah, you mentioned with the 49ers office, Brock Purdy has been playing very well. Let's give some credit to Debo Samuel. Last week he had a dying in a mic game with three total touchdowns overall. But the number one wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon, who's he's having a, a great year with 50 catches, 927 yards, and six touchdowns. He'll definitely be a big factor here. And if you're uh, the 49ers, you want to try to get Ayuk and Debo the ball a lot. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see if, you know, if, if we, like I said, yeah, I'm sure the, uh, the, the Seahawks want their revenge from uh, a few weeks, four weeks back in Thanksgiving. So uh, we'll see what uh, what happens there now. Uh, I guess one, I guess we'll do one more game uh, if we can, if there is one more. Uh, I guess the Colts and the, the Bengals, if, you, if that's how you want to, you know, kind of turn that. I mean, the Colts have been playing very well, uh, they're seven and five. They're right there in the thick of it. The Bengals, mm, you know, kind of pulled pulled off the upset on Monday night. So uh, it, I guess the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know Jay Brownie. Look, that's the best I've seen. You know, Jay Brownie since he was at Washington. You know, UW. You know, Washington <laughs> State. So uh, I don't know. Look, I don't know if it's just because of the Jaguars kind of made him look like you know competent. You know, but I think the Colts defense is actually pretty solid. So this could be one of those toss up games. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to the running games for both teams here. Of course, with Cincinnati, you have uh, Joe Mixon on the flip side for the Colts. You have Zach Moss. But like you said, give the Bengals credit, especially after that injury to Trevor Lawrence for the starting quarterback for the Jaguars early in that fourth quarter last week. You mentioned Browning and Jamar Chase, who had a stellar game uh, last Monday night as well. Uh, they took over and they forced overtime and they and they pulled it out on on the road, set themselves up uh, at six and six. But uh, the, you mentioned the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Gardner Minshew has been playing very well lately. I know he has ten touchdowns and seventy receptions overall this year, but he's been very, very effective. And like you said, that Colts defense is nothing to sneeze at either. And unfortunately, Jonathan Taylor will be out. You know, they just made the announcement about ten minutes ago, so that could be could be a factor here. So uh, might be something to look out for if you're a Colts fan. We'll see what happens there now. Um, oh, this last game, the Jaguars. Maybe the Jaguars, you know, they, they play the Browns. Uh, the, the Jags, you know, had that tough loss against the Bengals on Monday night. We'll see how they respond against the Browns team that's desperate to hang on for a chance in, the, in eight, one of the wild card spots. Yeah, the Jaguars, as we mentioned, they blew an opportunity to take control of, as a number one seed in the AFC with their loss at a, in overtime at home against Cincinnati last Monday night. Of course, Cleveland with Joe Flacco, who was not, I repeat, not the reason why they lost 
at Los Angeles against the Rams last Sunday afternoon. As you, <coughs> excuse me, as you mentioned, the Browns have a strong defense. And the Jaguars, they may be without Trevor Lawrence. Their injury looked worse than it, uh, initially than what he did uh, when he uh, with that ankle. But if, if I'm head coach Doug Peterson, you don't play Trevor Lawrence. I'm not ch- taking a chance with your franchise quarterback. I know you want to win this game to get back on the winning track. I know Cleveland's a tough opponent, but this is for the long run, at least for this week. I'm sending Trevor Lawrence. I know he's been playing well lately, but – I'm sending Trevor Lawrence this week. It's up to uh, Travis Etienne, their star running back, who's been struggling lately. And then Jack or Steve is glad to step up and show what they made up. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how this how, how they respond. Should do they should they have to maybe have Sid Lawrence? But especially when you have both the Colts and the, now the Texans breathing down your neck. So I think if you're the Jags, you better try to win this game. Or whoever you get to whoever you get to play quarterback because. You got two of your rivals going to be facing both of them, you know, in, in these next you know, last few games. So uh, you want to try to, you know, get as much distance as, as possible. Yeah, the Trevor Lawrence cannot go on Sunday. C.J. Beathard, who filled in last Monday night, will get the start for the Jaguars. One more quick game, Lakina, before we break for the bottom of the hour. Another 305 game on Fox. We'll see the six and six Minnesota Vikings driving to Las Vegas to take on the five and seven Raiders. Both these teams, I believe, were off last week. Like, you know, we saw the quick resurgence with the Las Vegas Raiders with Antonio Pierce with their new head coach having given Josh McDaniels to boot. Of course, the Vikings had the week off last week. Of course, they reeling in with the loss to the Chicago Bears at home a couple of weeks ago on Monday Night Football. Who has the edge? Yeah, it's gonna be one of those toss-up games. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see if the Vikings, you know, how they will how they will react after that loss. I know that Dobbs, I know he felt really bad because he felt that he lost that game against Chicago a couple of Monday nights ago. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond. Also, same thing the Raiders too. I mean, look, they feel like you know, maybe they're starting to, maybe they've, you know, they've gotten to know, you know, Pierce's style a little bit and you know, all that. So uh, this could be one of those games where I think, look, I, I don't know. I haven't made my pick yet for that one. So uh, I'll do it during the break, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that, in, in this particular game, because it might be a little bit interesting. Speaking of the break, we have to take a two and two timeout. When we return, we'll have our girl, Miss Christine, the queen, Manica from KXRB Radio in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She's going to help us pick uh, pick the NFL Week 14 games before for this upcoming weekend. We'll discuss the baseball winter minis. And yours truly had a surprise yesterday of, of sorts. So I know the cat's out of the bag a little bit. But for those of you that missed it, we'll discuss that in a whole lot more. You're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. This is Sports Zone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. <laughs> I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom.
Trish is having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Welcome back to the Hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Oh Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter, X, and the IG, SCK80. Once again, SCK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can find Lakina McGee on the Twitter, X, and here's going to get the IG. We have left. We have a half, less than a half hour left for this extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show. So this is our last uh, break for today and our last break for the week. You have any questions or comments uh, for the in the world of sports? You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Excuse me. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right. So let's not waste any more time. We got her waiting in the wings here. She's you know, one of our favorites, of course. Our girl, your girl, the lovely Miss Christine, the Queen Medica. Hey, Christine. Hey. Hello, hello. How are you? Oh, we're doing good. How are you guys? We're, we're doing, doing great. Good. Yeah, uh, just a quick thought on the last night's um, Patriots and Steelers bar burner on Thursday Night Football. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Ah, uh, gosh. Well, I know uh, us the Bears fans are happy because of the pick now. Yeah, that's the third win of the season for the Patriots. Yeah, like, yeah that actually helps the Bears, oddly enough. Ah, those damn draft picks. <laughs> All right, right Lakina, what's our results from last week? And what's our season standings overall? 
Well, let's see here. Uh, you know, Sid, you and I had eight. Christine, you had seven. And unfortunately, because of that, you lost the game. Now you're down two games against Sid. So uh, that 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 Eagles that Eagles uh, game kind of kills you there because you would have been back even if you know the Eagles had you know had one yesterday. Well, you second. know. <laughs> I'll get oh, back. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know what? That's that's all right because you know what? Look, I mean, the good news is is that they'll look. There's still still a few weeks left in the season, so yeah, there's still plenty of time to. Uh, Get back going. Here. Oh, one That's more thing. Good. Thank you, Houston, Texas. I told y'all last week. Oh, yeah, yes. the Houston got you too. Yeah, the Houston got you too. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let Chris hear that part, Christine. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. He's not, he was very happy with that, that little bit. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure he liked his effort ever for Russell Wilson. So that's all you can ask for there. He's actually still looking pretty good. Now going into these week 14, we're already at week 14, folks. I mean, you know, come on, this season's gone by way too quick. Uh, our buddy Spiro Dudes will have this game for uh, CBS. You know, we just talked about it a few minutes ago, Sid. And the NFC South, you got the Bucks and the Falcons. Christine, ladies first. Well, I'll let you start this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Falcons for this one. Just because, again, this is just going to be uh, an interesting game overall because it just seems like this division overall is just up for grabs at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go with the team that surprises everybody recently, and that's the Falcons. As we talked about in our last seg- as we talked about in our last segment, Lakina, the Falcons uh, beat a trash uh, New York Jets football team on the road last week in the rain and the wind and all that. Uh, the Buccaneers they can put up points, but their defense has been bad over the last month or so. The Falcons are at home; they're two and a half point favorites. So I'm going with Atlanta here. Yeah, I think the Falcons too. I'm just hoping for that Spiro gets a good game this week, you know, because that last one, uh, he had the Chargers and the Patriots last week. Ooh, that was that was just brutal. So <laughs> I'm hoping, hoping he and Marshall to have a. I mean, I'm hoping he and Adam have a have a. All right, Marshall to have a have a good one this week. Now we now that was a so Lakina McGee special last week. Six nothing. <laughs> oh well, no, 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 that was no, no, the the ones I was talking about are more entertaining. That one was just brutal. So uh, I wouldn't call that one. That was not entertaining at all. Uh, <laughs> This is a tricky one here in the second one. So you start this one for us. You got the Rams and the Ravens. Ravens coming off a bye. Yes, Baltimore is fighting for that top seed in the AFC, along with the Miami Dolphins in the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford has been playing a whole lot better this year. 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions overall. Kyrie Williams, they start running back for the Rams. 687 yards rushing with seven touchdowns. Puka Nakua has four receiving touchdowns off of 77 catches, but I think the Rams are going to run into a buzzsaw here. Baltimore is favored by seven and a half uh, at home. Uh, the Ravens, even though they have their star tight end, Mark Andrews will be out for the year. I think they still have enough to pull off a win against a road weary Rams squad. So I'm going with Baltimore here. I'm going to go with the Ravens, too, for this one. They're trying to chase that AFC title right now. And I know the Rams are on a hot streak, but uh, I think that's going to that's gonna end sooner than what the Rams fans think. So I'm going with the Ravens. Yeah, I agree. I think the Ravens will win this one. Like I said, they're coming off a bye. They, you know, the, they got the one seed, like, right at their grass. So I, I think they want to win. I know uh, Lamar Jackson's been uh, been out. You know, well, he came back to practice, but I know that uh, he uh, – you know, the, with the illness. So, uh, but he was practicing today, so that should help a lot. So, uh, but yeah, I think the, you know, the Ravens should win this one pretty handily. Next game here, we talked about it. One of the more intriguing matchups. I'm, I'm dying to see what we're gonna, who we're gonna pick here. We got the Colts and the Bengals. 
Uh, Bagels coming off uh, uh, upset winner against Jacksonville. Sid, you start this one for us. I know the Bengals are at home and they're a two and a half point favorites, but I don't see Jake Brown having that kind of <clears throat> kind of performances again. Excuse me. And Cincinnati's defense, uh, you saw holes in there uh, last Monday night. But uh, the Colts, as we talked about in our last segment, Gardner Minshew has been more than effective, especially in these last few weeks. Uh, their running game is solid with Zach Moss, even though John, John Taylor, their star running back, will not be playing this week. Their Colts defense is nothing to sneeze at. I expect them to step up here. I'm going to step out. I'm going with, with the Colts. Sid, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to go with the Colts, too. I'm still on this uh -oh. train, and uh, yeah, it, it's just, <laughs> I, I had hope for the Bengals this year, and unfortunately, with Burrow being out and Jamar Chase not being up to his normal A-game potential, it's just not there for, for the Bengals this year, so I'm going to stick with the Colts. Yeah, I mean, they the Colts have been playing very well. I know John Deterra is going to be out, so... Uh... That might be a problem on the running back side, but I think you know they'll do just enough. I think to win this game. I'm not a look. I look. I look. I like uh, Jake Browning, and I'm glad he had that great start. Um, but yeah, I think the Colts. You know, look, James Sykem. I mean, he like I said, he might be one of the favorites for Colts of the Coach of the Year if they keep winning. So uh, yeah, I'm picking the Colts. Um, another intriguing one here. Oh, you got the Jags and the Browns. Uh, with all the injuries to the Browns, I know the, I know the Jags are, are going to want to get that bad deal, are probably mm -hmm. smarter from the loss to the Bengals. <laughs> so uh, I think it'll be a, might be one of those rough games, but I think it'll, I think the Jags, I know no Trevor Lawrence, but I'm tipping out, I'm picking the Jaguars. I don't know why I might, I might regret it later on, but I'm picking the Jags. I'm going to go with the Jaguars too, just because when it comes to injuries, like what you said, like, you know, the Browns, they, they take the title there. I'm banking on Trevor Lawrence not playing, and Cleveland. Uh, so this live broadcast, uh, that we don't know who it's going to start. Will it be uh, Will it be Joe Flacco again, or, or their uh, rookie quarterback? Uh, I think the Browns' defense has enough to step up. That Jags' defense uh, really let them down in that second half there. So, just because they're at home, they're favored by three. I'm going with Cleveland here. All right. All right. Yeah, like I said, this should look like I said, this should be an interesting one game. Also, also it's a delay, of course, like I forgot to mention the Carters are and the commanders are off. So uh for all of you guys, if you got the I don't know, I guess if you got Kyler Murray uh late in the season, you know, you can adjust your fantasy teams accordingly. And next up, I guess we can make a quick work or maybe not, I don't know, but uh uh Panthers and uh Saints and the A another the other uh, matchup in the NFC South. So uh so you start this one for us. I know the Panthers played well as expected last week at Tampa Bay, but they just don't have enough. The Saints almost made a great comeback against Detroit at home. They're home again this week. They're favored by five points. I'll go with New Orleans. Yeah, this one's kind of easy for me, too. I'm going to go with the Saints. I was really hoping, like I said last week, normally when a coach leaves, the team comes back, and I was really close in that prediction. But I, I don't think it's going to happen this time around for them. Yeah, I agree. I think the Saints, they should win this pretty handily. A lot of uh, turmoil over in Charlotte right now. Hmm, something to look out for, to watch out for. So uh, we'll see what happens there. In the last of the new games, you got the Texans and the Jets. Christine, you start this one for us. I got to go with the Texans here. The Jets, there, there seems to be a little uh, quarterback drama with Zach Wilson. Apparently, someone leaked a story about a uh, 
him not wanting to be on the team and yeah. now everyone's kind of taking it the the wrong way and so who knows what's going on there if the guys on the line will even want to play for Wilson now so it's all about trust when it comes to that that offense and and just in football in general so the Texans they're looking really good and I I think this could be a turning point for them so I am going to pick the Texans for this one if Jacksonville loses at Cleveland on Sunday and the Houston Texans win, I believe the Texans will uh, be in the tie with the Jaguars for that divisionally in the AFC South. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, mentioned, Christine, the Texans are playing very well. They got away with one uh, against Denver last Sunday at home. They uh, Hopefully they don't take the Jets too lightly because, as we all know, the NFL is a week-to-week league. Houston's mm-hmm. favored by three and a half on the road. I'm going with Houston. Yeah, I think the Texans. I know Tank Dell is out for the year, one of their uh, uh, young receivers, so that might that might play a little bit of a factor here. But I'm sure they're going to want to bounce back. Uh, uh, you know, especially you know they they got that win against the Broncos. Yeah, I think they want to kind of get it going. So yeah, I think the Texans will win this one, and they should win this one a pretty. I don't want to say easily, but they they'll probably pull away late. Uh, first of the three o'clock games, we talked about this one a few minutes ago, Sid. You can start this one. Uh, Vikings and Raiders in Vegas. Even though I want to see the Raiders win because of Antonio Pierce, I have to go with the better team here. I'm going with Minnesota. Uh, they're six and six on the year. They're three point favorites on the road. They have a more balanced roster than uh, than the Las Vegas Raiders do. I'm, I'm going with Minnesota. They are definitely sour after that Monday night embarrassment. So they want revenge. I'm going to go with the Vikings. Same, same for the same reason. I think, look, they're, they probably had a week to sit on that loss to the Bears. So, yeah, I think the Vikings are going to want to prove themselves. So uh, they want to be right there to think back and to think of it in the NFC playoff picture. So, yeah, I'm picking the Vikings as well. Um, NFC West, Christine, Seahawks and 49ers. You start this one for us, please. It is a Thanksgiving reunion all over again because they played <laughs> each other just a couple of weeks ago on Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. that was was a beatdown for the Seahawks. And now they're going into 49ers territory. And Brock Purdy, he's got that MVP potential. And I am I'm very impressed and proud of him just from becoming Mr. Relevant to what he is right now, it, it truly is amazing. And that's a shout out to Kyle Shanahan and, and all the guys supporting Brock Purdy, McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, all those guys. I, seriously, it's a powerhouse. And that party, I think, is going to keep going. 49ers, they're going to dominate the Seahawks again, I think. I know, I should say. <laughs> The San Francisco defense didn't have to do too much against the Philadelphia Eagles on the road last week. As Christine mentioned, the offense of the 49ers took over. But I want to see the 49ers defense uh, stay hot. Uh, They've been hot ever since their bye week three weeks ago. So the Seahawks, they scored 35 points and lost at Dallas. I don't see them scoring 35 points again, not against this defense. So I'm going with the 49ers at home. San Francisco is currently favored by 11 points. Yeah, uh, yeah, I might take the under on that one, but yeah, but I'm going to pick the 49ers here. I think they will pull away uh, late. I think they want, you know, especially with that Eagle, they got the Eagles win their pocket now, so they want to get that number one seed in the NFC. So yeah, they're gonna they're gonna keep it going here by being the Seahawks again. Uh, Bills and Chiefs uh, in the game of the week here. 
Uh, this is one of the tough one for me. Uh, I know the Bills haven't been playing their best lately, and you know they get the Chiefs. You know, like you know, I said the injuries are you know, but you know, I, I say, Isaiah Pettigrew is going to be out. There's a couple other the top defensive guys are going to be out as well. So I might regret this. Uh, you know, don't quote me here, but I'll pick the Bills in the upset. I'm stepping out. I'll pick the Bills in the upset. See, I'm going to go with the Chiefs here just because, again, that's another team that has a sour taste in their mouth after <coughs> losing at Lambeau uh, against, you know, a Sunday night crowd. And, yeah, their first time at Lambeau, Mahomes' first time, I should say, at Lambeau Field, too. So they definitely want a, want a better showing from the national audience. And I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Yeah, Christine just took the words right out of my mouth. I'm going Kansas City. Kansas City is favored by one point, which means it's at a pick them. Ah, okay. Ooh, well, wow. knows, yeah, I'll say maybe Vegas knows something we don't, but uh, yeah, that'll be that's interesting. <laughs> uh all right. Uh the second the next the second game that CBS is always having at 325. You got the Broncos and the Chargers in the AFC West. Uh Sid, you start this one for us. I think is it safe to say that the Chargers can score more than six points this game? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's gonna happen. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. But on the flip side for Denver, uh, they had a terrible first half at Houston last week. They made a comeback in the second half before Russell Wilson decided to, excuse my French, piss on down the side of his leg last week. But uh, the Chargers are favored by two and a half points at home. I don't like the way they're playing, they're playing right now. Brandon Staley, their head coach, should be getting the pink slip in the boot at the end of the year. I'm going to step out, Christine. You can tell your husband if he's not watching this. I'm going with his Denver Broncos. Sid, <laughs> Sid I'm going to go with that, this. too. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> we're, look, I'm going Denver, too. I know Russell Wilson has probably been having nightmares about that interception in the end zone for the past mm. week. And I know that's not a good feeling for, for any quarterback or for any team, for that matter. And like what Chris says, somehow the Chargers always find a way to lose. And he thinks that it's going to be no different this weekend. So we're picking <laughs> the Broncos. And he's right, because I'm picking the Broncos as well. I mean, I don't yeah. trust the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust the Chargers. I mean, you know, six points against the hapless Patriots, really. Yeah, uh, Brennan Staley should definitely be getting his pink slip and late card at the end of the season. Just uh, just brutal. And uh, the Broncos, they win. They still stay there in the thick of it in the AFC playoff picture. So, yeah, I think the Broncos in this matchup. Uh, Sunday night here, uh, this should be interesting. You got the Eagles and the Cowboys. Sid, you start this one, please. The Dallas Cowboys had favored by three and a half points at home. Of course, we mentioned earlier, Lakina, the whoever wins this game will take control of the NFC East division. Eagles 10-2, the Cowboys 9-3. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I know NBC would not be happy with that, but I think it's going to be a highly competitive game. The Cowboys should have won their first meeting early in the year. It wasn't for two, three boneheaded plays, but I think they learned that lesson. It's going to be a close physical game, but I'm picking the Cowboys to win 17-10. to 10. Yeah, I'm going with the Cowboys, too. I mean, Dak, he's playing some of the best football in his career so far. You also have guys like C.D. Lamb supporting him. Uh, Micah Parsons, he's just dominating on the defensive side for the Cowboys. The, the Eagles, I've been saying this all year, they're just not the same team. You have Jalen Hurts that's 
throwing way more interceptions and just having a lot more turnovers and just with the team in general. And then you have injuries on on the Eagles as well with the Dallas Goddard still not back to back with the team yet. He's still out for a little bit. So it's I I think it well you said Sid it's still gonna be a competitive game, but I'm sticking with the Cowboys. I'm going with Jerry's world. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this is one of those toss-up games. I don't know which team I'm, I know. I know the Eagles want to get that taste out of their mouth from that 49ers shellacking, you know, late, in the, especially all the stuff that happened beforehand. Although the Cowboys are playing very well, they, they, you know, Dak, if you saw his video, I think Dak wants to kind of do a kind of a prove it video. So I guess I'll pick the Cowboys too, but I'm afraid because, you know, watch Taylor Hurst throw for like five TDs or something like that. And, uh, you know, maybe the defense could have picked six on Dak or something. I could see that happening. So, <laughs> yeah, which is very possible. <laughs> which is possible. So, yeah, bop at the Cowboys, but I say that very reluctantly. So, uh, we'll see what <laughs> happens there. One of the two known tonight games that'll be a simulcast. This one will be on uh, ESPN, ESPN2, a Manicast, and ESPN Deportes as well. Uh, you got the Titans and the, and the Dolphins. So, you start this one. As I talked about in our last segment, you worry about the Dolphins, even though they had a blowout win against the Washington Commanders on the road last week. You worry about them coming back home to having a letdown against the Tennessee Titans team, who they uh, beat the uh, they lost to the Colts in overtime last week. So if you're the Dolphins, you have a control of the AFC East division. Uh, over you do, do not play down to your competition at home. Tyreek Hill, their star wide receiver, is a top five candidate for MVP. I'm going with the Dolphins here. They just better not have a letdown. You can't stop the cheetah. I'm going with the Dolphins, too. I think this could be a, a good year for a quarterback not to receive the MVP, and Tyreek Hill's the guy. We'll see. You know, I know, like I said, you know, Tyreek's not 100%, so like I said, that could be a factor there. But they should have no trouble with the Titans. I know the Titans, you know, they've been, you know, meh, all season long. So especially now that Tannehill's out and out. So, yeah, that that I, I'm picking the Dolphins should win this one pretty handily. Now, this yeah, mine is favored by 13. 30, yeah. Oh, yeah, that might, might take it over there. Uh, now, this other one, you know, this will be on ABC and ESPN+, Plus. although the Mancast will be doing this game as well. Uh, Packers and Giants should be a little bit better, but not by much. I think the Packers, hopefully they don't have that letdown from that Chiefs win last Sunday night. They got a pretty easy schedule, quote-unquote, for the most part. You know, these last five games, this could be a good start here. As long as they don't have a letdown, they should be fine. I'm picking the Packers. They're riding a huge high right now. I'm going to go with the Packers. I'm sorry, Tommy DeVito. It's not going to be your week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the Packers too, but I think the Giants will play much better than what people expect. We talked about this in our last segment, Lakina, that this could be a trap game for the Green Bay Packers, as Christine mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Packers uh, won that game at home uh, on a Sunday night stage, and uh, they, they could be feeling themselves as they go into this game against a lesser opponent. But I'm picking the Packers to win, but I think they're going to win it by a field goal. The Packers are favored by six and a half. All right, yeah. Might be an interesting, interesting number there, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see yeah, how the Packers respond after that win against the Chiefs. Now, of course, last but not least, the beloved Bears uh, as they host the Lions. Um, they're coming off a bye. We talked about it earlier. You know, they think they got a shot to run the table, perhaps, you know, you know get a wild, get a, one of the wild card spots. hurt as well i mean we saw what happened that first meeting a few weeks back 
you know, they're coming off a bye off of the Bears. I think they'll keep it close, but it's not going to be like a heartbreak like it was. I think, you know, this could, you know, if you're the, you're the, you got the, if you're the Lions, you got the, the Packers now breathing down your neck, so now you got to worry about them. They're going to be amped up for this game. I know the Bears will be too, but I think the Bears will cover again. It's going to be a theme for these last few weeks, but the Bears will cover, but I think the Lions will win it again in a tough one for the tough loss for the Bears, I think. Yeah, I'm picking the lines too for for this one. It's just, it's been a tough year because there's so much hope always to build up. And look, the defense from what it was at the beginning of the season to what it is right now, it's so much better, way better than, than what it was. And that is a solid defense. So I think it will be a close game just because that defense right now is so solid. The the offense, it's just it's very it's very tough for me to to watch and not scream at my television. Chris can tell you he's like I don't know if I can keep on watching Bears games with you because it's so tough <laughs> and it and it's like it's it's just frustrating and just to see what a young talent that Fields is and it's just it's not being shown. He's not doing it with this team and it's just. You want to root for him just so he can hopefully have a better situation come next year. But you also want to say, all right, Bears, let's now win so we can just keep our draft picks as it is too. But regardless, I think it will still be a competitive game. I hope it is anyway. But I, I think the Lions will be able to win this one. I think the Bears will play much better coming off the bye week. I think Justin Fields uh, will get back to what he did a couple weeks ago against Detroit, which he was very efficient. By the Mm -hmm. way, I think DJ Moore will step up. We'll see who's going to carry the rock for the Chicago Bears. But I think that Bears defense, as you mentioned, Christine, they have improved over the last month or so. But Detroit has a little bit more playmakers, especially on the offensive side of the ball. David Montgomery, the former Bear, he scored the game-winning touchdown a couple weeks Mm -hmm. ago. I don't think that same scenario is going to happen again, but – He's going to make an impact play to help the Lions win. So yeah. Detroit will win this ball game, and they are favored by three. Oh, nope. okay. Okay. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, of course, the injury report just was posted. Bailey Jones is questionable due to the illness. Yannick Gakway is questionable. Uh, he, he was a full practice uh, participant today in practice because of the knee injury. And, of course, but Tyler Scott was limited. Uh uh, with the hammy and uh, if Carmen if if St. Brown is out, so he won't be facing his brother. I know that uh, I know they've been wanting to fa- face each other, so unfortunately, that's not going to happen this time. But yeah, I mean, it should be a good good game nonetheless. I mean, I forgot who called you know who's calling the game for uh, the game for Fox Sid? Uh, Adam Amin and Mark Schlerer. So the Bulls TV announcer, Adam Amin, Chicago's very own, will be calling the game for Fox on Sunday. Excellent. Yeah, I love him when he calls yeah. the Bears games. And, yeah, Sheriff is, is great. So, uh, yeah, that should be a, a fun one there. As I can see, Sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, our girl KXRV is Christy Manica uh, joining us. Uh, Winter Mees are wrapping up and uh, no Shohei Otani uh, updates. So, sorry, but apparently it's between, <laughs> I guess, the Dodgers, you know, the Angels, the Blue Jays, the Cubs aren't out of it, and I guess the Giants, you know, there's some that the Giants are in it. As well, so uh, Chrissy, who do you who do you where do you think you know is gonna land real quick? Gosh, you know that's so tough. I heard I think what was the offer that uh, his agent said that they would take like five hundred million for him, something, something like that. Like yeah, that. yeah. And 
here's the thing with Shohei. He is definitely a diamond a dozen. There hasn't been a player like him in such a long time. The thing is, he's just a little bit hurt at the moment. He he had a couple of setbacks last season, and you don't know what his full potential is right now this offseason. But nonetheless, he's still the greatest baseball player of this generation right now. I don't know where he's going to end up. I would think that he would stay somewhere warm, and and I tell Chris this too. I hope he I hope the Angels try to keep him because what I saw um, in Anaheim at the stadium that that fan base loves Shohei. The, the whole the, the whole Asian community there just 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 goes to the game to see him. And it, mm-hmm. it's just an incredible feeling probably for for him I would imagine just to have that kind of a support like a home away from home type of feeling um but but again it it all goes down to the business side of things so I don't know where he's gonna end up I hear it could be the Dodgers and the and the Cubs so if it's a West Coast team if it's the Dodgers I wouldn't be surprised if he stays with the Angels I wouldn't be surprised of that either so it's honestly anybody's game I think I had this feeling all along the Kena ever since the start of last season. I think that Shohei Otani will join the Los Angeles Dodgers. And uh, Christine, uh, you got to tell those fans to start getting Dodger jerseys now. I think because definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you know, with some of these big market teams in, in professional sports, they have a little bit more money to play with than the smaller market teams. But I think for Shohei, uh, this is going to grow his brand uh, a little bit more. Unfortunately, the Angels have not supported him and or Mike Trout with winning players around them. Unfortunately, Mike Trout was in the playoffs early in his career, but Shohei has never played not one playoff game. That's embarrassing. So you would think that Shohei at time, which I think he does, wants to play in a winning situ- situation and to up his profile a bit, perhaps get a ring. So I think he's going to the Dodgers side. I think we'll probably have some news on that, obviously, before Christmas. But I think around this time next week, in my prediction, that we'll we'll see and hear that Shohei Otani will be a newest member of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, I think you know the Dodgers will probably have like the upper hand and probably have the uh, you know the first you know go at it. So I think for me. It's basically the Dodgers or maybe the Cubs, too. I mean, if the Cubs don't get them, you know, I'm not going to, you know, cry about it. You know, look, at least you tried. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's my, yeah. So I'm not going to, you know, get pissed out, pissed off about it. But, you know, I'm, I'm a, if, if he goes to the Dodgers, fine. Like, I don't think that the Toronto stuff is real. I know Toronto fans are, are itching and praying that that's the case, but I don't see that happening. Plus, I don't think they got the money to pay him $500 million if that's really what that his asking price is. So, yeah, he'll be a Dodger either by the for the weekend, for this weekend or perhaps maybe about this time next week. Yeah, and even when the White Sox tried to get Manny Machado, too, like, we actually legitimately tried. Like, I remember when they all ambushed Kenny Williams at training camp, and he said <laughs> what the deal was, and I'm like, oh, like, they legitimately, like, gave him a good offer, and they just said no. <laughs> Speaking of the White Sox, Christine, uh, Dylan Cease was not traded this week um, uh, during yes. the winter meetings. Do you still think that he's going to get traded before the season starts, or do you think we have to wait until uh, July at the trade deadline? I, like I said, I hope that they would keep him because you got to get some, you got to have something to get the White Sox excited for him. You know, you got to do, 
yeah, it's something like that. You, yeah, that I'm at a loss for words with that team, clearly, <laughs> but I, I, would, I would hope that they would at least keep him to get the fans in the stands so they can get excited about a player and to get them excited about the team. Um, so yeah, I, if they're not doing a deal, if it's not working out now, then my guess is that maybe by July, something might happen. Yeah. You want to be, be playing well at the, at the, you know, by the, by the time. So yeah, I think as we, I've been saying the last couple weeks, I think, look, keep them, look, if the, the team's probably not going to be very good next year. So I would say, make sure he does well. We could trade him to Baltimore or the Dodgers or whoever, and he'll get a, one of their top prospects and just, you know, go to town. Yeah, speaking of the Southside baseball team, you actually got something in the mail yesterday. <laughs> For those of you that are listening back on our replay at uh, War Media Podcast, you can go to my Twitter X page at CKID. But for those of you watching live and on replay right now on our YouTube, uh, on YouTube, Facebook, and Roku TV, Christine, can you read this? That is, oh, they want you back as a season ticket holder, don't they? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they made it in real plastic, too. <laughs> real plastic. Uh, just in case they trade deal and see that's where all your resources are going to. Uh, putting out a Phyllis to get you back in the ballpark. <laughs> I saw this yesterday. I said, I've never been so proud to have a, my name on a White Sox jersey in my life. And right. I didn't have to pay a damn thing for it. <laughs> right. Uh, and so I, I was uh, I was communicating with a couple of the people via social media yesterday. For those that have, that haven't renewed their season tickets, uh, they they did say tell me that they got the same message yesterday. Uh, as Lakina talked about, it, the White Sox fans know that if the team is not going to be competitive, they're not going to come out. If the team is competitive, they will come out. You can. I, I see both sides of the argument here, but yeah. if you go, if the way that they shot themselves in the foot with the whole Jason Benetti thing, I know he was on Parkinson's mm-hmm. Spiegel on 6-7 to score in Chicago earlier this week. For those of you that missed the interview, go check it out on their website. But the way they treated Jason Benetti, uh, the, the way they treated some of the season ticket holders, the way uh, the, <laughs> the whole Tony yeah. LaRusso hire uh, a few years ago, even though he got a division title out of it in 2021, and just some of the other things that have gone on here. Uh, they shot themselves in the foot. They really have a lot of work to do to get their fans back. Of course, one quick way to do it is with them winning. As of right now, I don't see that on the horizon. Of course, with the winter meetings wrapping up in Nashville, Jerry Reinstar, uh, the chairman of the board for the White Sox and Bulls, he met with the mayor of Nashville. You can go make that uh, however you want. Me personally, I don't take it seriously, but – uh, the White Sox organization, they just have a lot of work to do. Yeah. He's flirting with Nashville, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, 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 like, begging people to come back, you know. So, when I, so you showed me that shit earlier. I was like, okay, yeah, they're really begging out to. Really you can't make this shit up. <laughs> you can't make stuff up. Can't make it up. My God. But, uh, yeah, it's a little bit uh, crazy. Uh, uh, real quick, I know the Heisman uh, Trophy presentation will be um tomorrow night uh the finalists are uh Jaden Daniels from LSU, Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State, Oregon's Bo Nix and Washington's Michael Penix Jr. Real quick, who do you guys think will win the uh the t- uh the trophy tomorrow? Michael Penix Jr. he beat Bo Nix twice and that's what got him into the college football playoff. Mic drop. 
I, I know I agree. I was going to say, you already know, because I'm banking on that for a draft pick for the Bears. <laughs> yeah, uh -oh. yeah, I know it's. Yeah, I think it's gonna be between uh, Penix and Daniels. I think the I think Penix will get the edge just because, like you guys said, that that Oregon uh, win the Pac-12 title game last weekend. I think will definitely uh, give him the edge there. Now, uh, a quick program note on ESPN after the Heisman Trophy presentation, the Great Heisman Race of 1997, would of course, you know, Charles Woodson beat Payne Manning, uh, Brian Leaf, and Randy Moss. That'll air. That'll be a 30 for 30 style on ESPN and ESPN Plus. So make sure you guys check that out as well. I remember that, that Heisman race. I actually had mm -hmm. Peyton Manning winning. I feel silly, but then they ended up going to Charles Woods. So I wasn't too surprised by it. So yeah, make sure you guys check that out at 9 o'clock um, ESPN on Saturday, tomorrow night after the, uh, the Heisman presentation. And one more quick programming note. Tomorrow on, on ABC, uh, the playing tournament for the NBA, their final game uh, in Las Vegas will, will feature the Los Angeles Lakers against the Indiana Pacers. Christine, who do you have in that one? Lakers. Got to go with the Lakers. LeBron, what, shooting 30-plus points in 20 minutes? Just insane. Did you check out that logo three-pointing hit last night against New Orleans? I did. I did. Like I said, I guess I think he wants to win this so that he can put that. I don't know if he'll hear about that, but I don't think he'll put that on his like his resume. You know, he won the in-season tournament, but I'm sure oh, for yeah. some of the players, yeah, I'm sure some of the players on that team. Yeah, but it, it should be a good one though between uh, them and uh, the Pacers. That should be a fun one. Could be like first to one thirty. Who knows? Who yeah. wins? Also, two on the Army Navy game tomorrow on CBS. They'll be at Gillette Stadium. I, I think I said. Uh, I think it's a uh, uh, the where the Jets and Giants, but it's gonna be at Gillette Stadium. Uh, make sure you check it out. Always a great matchup between Army and Navy. Always a fun, all the pageantry and all that. And tomorrow morning, Saturday at 11 o'clock a.m. Chicago time on ESPN, the big ESPN. Christine, this is for you. The FCS Division I uh, championship will feature the, the, the Villanova Wildcats versus yes. the South Dakota, the South Dakota yeah. State Jackrabbits. Yes. That should be, yeah, that should be a fun matchup. Look and at well, what, what, I was what's say, it, it's, it's their third meeting, too. Third yeah. meeting. Yeah, yeah. So it should be a fun one. Yeah, I think people forget Villanova has a football team. People forget about that because their basketball team is pretty good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Villanova has a football team. They're pretty good. So, yeah, that should be a fun one tomorrow. Yep. Uh, anything else before we disperse, as Lakina would say? Christine? I think that's it. I will wow. say, though, South, South Dakota State University, the, the Jacks, they are – 12 and 0 on, yeah. on the season. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that should be a fun one tomorrow. Yeah, we'll definitely be checking that one out. Also, real quick, you know, John Rom going to the Live Golf Tour. And isn't that merge supposed to supposed to be completed by like the 31st? So, yeah, this this might actually accelerate some things. It might. I was talking to Chris about that too. And I just said, does this mean he, he can play in the and the rest of the tournaments now, or or what is this? What does this all entail? So it's kind of it's kind of up in the air at the moment, I think, right, Chris? Uh, I would say it may accelerate the negotiations. Yeah, he so. thinks it's going to accelerate the negotiations. Probably so, especially now it's been made official. All right, Sid, take us out. All right, you can follow your Shuli on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. Excuse me for that screen there. Uh, Lakina, where can the people follow you on social media? You can follow Lakina McGee on the Twitter X at Kinskarmigan IG and Christy, where people can where the folks can follow you. They can follow me on Twitter at C Manica underscore KXRV. 
Are you still flirting with that bird? Oh, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you can catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, right here on Sports of Chicago's Facebook and YouTube pages. Again, one more time, you can catch Sports of Chicago every Monday, every Friday on new, at new... And new to Tubi, for me to say, Central Standard Time, on Sports of Chicago's both Facebook and YouTube channels. Make sure you download that Sports of Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Please follow Sports of Chicago on all social media platforms. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on all social media platforms. And thank you very much in advance. Your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And be sure to catch Sports Zone Chicago also available right now, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand on Roku TV. Any device you want, it's all right there for you. Yep. All right, Lakina, take us home. All right, enjoy all the sports, you know, and all the, if you got any last minute holiday shopping, what have you, you know, be careful out there, stay warm. For Sid and Christine, I'm the Kansas of the Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you next week. Job Bears, holla! <laughs>